dirt balls. If you want some koozies, I have a bunch I'd like to send out. So just drop a podcast review with your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you, get your address and get those koozies in the mail. It's that easy. Two free koozies for a simple podcast review. If you have an old one, you can always update it and I can get you those koozies. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Journey Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joseph. Good afternoon to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes, have some. <laughs> Do you get that reference? No. It's a very obscure movie reference. I mean, so obscure, even you didn't get it. You're pretty good on movies. It's a Ghostbusters reference. From when in Ghostbusters? When Rick Moranis has been turned into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go and ask if he, he wants any pizza. And he says, yeah. yes, have some. I mean, it's yeah. it's such a minute reference, but it's one that would always make me laugh. Shout out to Rick Moranis, by the way. For sure. What a great guy. You got, you got the Moranis going on today. Your glasses look. I do. Not as dorky. Not Honey, as cool. I shrunk my co-host. <laughs> Which is me, a little guy, just just a little dude. I think my nephew's gonna pass me up pretty soon. Height wise, he, he's that tall. Wow, he's not. He'll be ten this year, but I told him. I said I bet by. He's over five feet already. I said I bet by twelve or thirteen. You're gonna pass me up, man. Which. You know, just another, uh, I was, uh, it's funny. Cause like, it's, it's crazy. Like kids and like their size or whatever. I was, I was, um, uh, dog sitting for Chris wild last weekend. And I went over the day before first, first time dog owners, they got a puppy. They like want me to come for like a day of training before I'm like, I'm watching your dog for one day. I've got to come for a second day to learn how to watch your dog. I was like, I'll be fine. I'm more worried about your fucking turtle. I'm not really interested in handling these reptiles. Well, especially uh, with your brother being in the same city, I'd yeah. worry about the turtle. So I go over and I'm talking to Kieran and Kieran's like, Oh, he's like, yeah, I'm like, only like 80 pounds. And I'm only, I was like, Kieran, do you know, I was five foot, two inches tall and 90 pounds when I played freshman football. I was like, you're in the eighth grade, dude, you're going to be fine. He's yeah. like, just, there's just no way that's possible. I was like, I, I swear to you. Five to 90 pounds. Growth spurts are crazy because they're happening in real time. 
And personally, I don't really remember. I remember some growing pains. I assume you had a lot more. Like, did you have the physical growing pains where you felt I mean, it? People always ask me that. Like, not really. I, I feel like what I felt was, you know, I was playing a lot of hoops then. It's like in the summer, I grew like 10 inches in the summer. I don't know how many shoe sizes I must have went up, but I felt like my feet always hurt. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just because I'm going through like a shoe size every week. And my mom yeah. like, we're not buying you new basketball shoes every week. And I was like, well, you kind of need to be. But isn't that right? If you think about it, like, that's pretty crazy to think that you're you're growing that quickly in real time. Yeah. And then you just plateau. And then and but like the thing is, it's like crazy is like in my family and like my like my close friends who I like hung out with all summer. No one said anything. No one was like, oh, my God, you're getting so big. Like you're oh, my God, I feel like you've grown six inches this summer. like no one said anything. I just came back to school. Literally, the basketball coach was like, wait, what? He's like, did you grow a foot? I was like, uh, almost. And he's like, okay, you're trying out, right? I was like, yeah, I'm trying out. Tried out last year when I was five foot four. Yes, I'm trying out this year at six, six one. Yeah. What type of dog does Wild have, by the way? He has black lab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great dog. dogs. Yeah. Only problem is the shedding on those things. Yeah, she's a pup, so she's not quite shedding like you know to the level that level yet, but super cute. Oh yeah, that's a great family dog. Does he know how big the dog will get? They're like, they're like, oh, it's you know, the dog's like 30 pounds right now. And they're like, oh, it's almost like fully grown. I was like, are you on drugs? Not even I was close. like, your dog's gonna be twice the size. Also, yeah. it's like it's got huge paws and like big ears. I'm like, the dog's not gonna have. And it's funny because I said I was talking about my growth story again. I was like, when I was walking around, you know, in high school, it was like I had on adult shoes. Like I always had feet way too big. And then you grow into them. I was like, your dog's going to be 60 pounds, like at least. Yeah, at least. Our black lab, I think, got up to like 75, 80. Yeah. They can they can get pretty big. Like the idea that they're like to be a 40 pound lab. I'm like, in what world? Yeah, that just doesn't exist. Well, I think this is a good segue if we're talking growth spurts and sports to talk a little Joel Embiid who re-signed for the max, the max amount. Because I want to know... like His bank account just had a growth spurt. Yeah. Added four more years, $196 Because I think we needed to have the discussion at this point of like... When you look at Joel Embiid, you think he's going to keep growing because his feet are so big. And then you realize he's just got the sugar foot from all those Shirley temples. Yeah. Is it going to work with him? Like, like, like what's what, work is in like, what do they need to do to go farther to make it to the finals? They're obviously shopping Ben Simmons right now. I think that's what they need to do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not a Ben Simmons hater by any means. Um, but essentially what they need is that position or the, you know, or a wing position. They need a second guy. I mean, look all over the league where, who is excelling without another guy who's like on that level or two guys who are close to that level. The, the drop-off between Embiid and their second-best player is pretty great. And, you know, it would be hard to argue, 
in this offseason, in this postseason, that Ben Simmons was their second best player. It'd be hard to argue that. Um, you know, like you need there to be a clear cut, you know, not other star, but other, yeah, other stars. Doesn't have to be another superstar, right? But you need another star. And that's just the that's just a fact of the matter. You know, long gone are the days of the 90s when every team had their guy, you know? And if you had two kind of great guys, you know, you got to the NBA finals. If you had Kemp and Peyton, you got a little finals run. You know, if you had Malone and Stockton, you had a little finals run. If you have, you know, Marley and Barkley and Kevin Johnson, you got to the finals. If you had two 50 top 50 players of all time, you won six in a row. Like now we have every team has multiple guys and you need at least that to compete. Yeah. It is, it is really interesting how much the landscape has changed in the last 20 years that you do need that many stars. And I feel like some of these old heads, they just don't realize even former players. I just cringe at some of the shit I saw recently from Barkley. It's, it's cringeworthy. Yeah. But it's like, and I like Charles Barkley, and I usually agree with most of what he says, but it's cringeworthy what he still says, ranking LeBron with the Jordans and Kobe's of the world. It's like, dude, what planet do you live on? Well, there's always, you know, the thing about Barkley and his, I don't know, LeBron hate for whatever reason. And I think it's pretty clear that he went, you know, LeBron went pretty hard at him a few years ago. And now that he's just going to be a fucking, you know, he's just going to be butthurt about it. But I have spent years of my life arguing LeBron's the greatest player of all time. But the reason I've spent years arguing that against Michael Jordan stands is because that's the only argument, really. You know, you could get in there with Kareem if you wanted to. But again, like just the skill sets and everything that these guys were like, to me, the argument is Jordan and LeBron. So like, I will sit there like I'm at a Supreme court case and make the argument for LeBron versus Jordan. You discredit yourself when you bring Kobe Bryant into the mix. What it, like what it says to me is Barkley's butt hurt Barkley's uh, trolling Barkley stupid like he doesn't believe that in his heart he's watched like Charles Barkley is a good basketball analyst he's watched a lot of basketball I like Charles Barkley's basketball opinion so the fact of the matter is like I'll just say straight up like Charles Barkley I think you're a liar I think you're lying I just think you're being a liar and I don't think that if he was hooked up to a fucking polygraph that he would pass he doesn't think Kobe Bryant's better. And and you know what? That that hurts how I feel about Charles Barkley. Because I'm like, you're trolling, you're lying, you're hating, you're probably doing all the three. Nobody who understands basketball will be, come from an honest place and say Kobe Bryant is in LeBron or Michael Jordan or Kareem or Magic Johnson or Tim Duncan's fucking world. He's not. Yeah. And this notion, because Charles, again, this was, I don't know, a few weeks ago. I, and I saw, and I didn't even read the story. I just saw the headline, and that's all I needed to see. And I guess his 
main point of emphasis is that the switching team bullshit, which to me is, is guys, th- this, this isn't then like guys switched. I don't care what sport we're in guys switch teams. Th- this is the era of free agency. This is the era of power player empowerment. Th- this and, n- and, and Philadelphia 76er Phoenix sun, Houston, Houston rocket. rocket, Charles Barkley should know that. So I'm saying you didn't say, and, and you know what the thing is, a Barkley, you went to a fucking dominant Sixers team as a young player and you didn't fucking achieve. And then you went to Phoenix and it's like, bro, you fucking did it. And then and you then went you to a Rockets team only, that already yeah. won two titles. That went and back then you made titles. your only finals though. Then you made your only finals. After you ran to, in that time, the very weak West. Yeah. Th- that, to me, personally, when we're going to discuss any of these guys, to me, that is the wor- the all-time worst argument. Like, like the didn't have to leave. Uh, again, it's this notion, you don't want to leave for a better situation. I don't care. I don't care what line of work you're in. Why would you not want to leave for a better situation? Also, what also a guy like LeBron, you know, like every every situation is different. And I can unpack that for any player. We can unpack it for Kobe Bryant demanding a trade. We can unpack it for, you know, Michael Jordan allowing Dennis Rodman to join the Bulls. We can we can unpack it for a lot of things. But a guy like LeBron James, you're just a troll hater if you don't think a 23 or 25 or however old he was, early 20s LeBron dragging Zydrunas Ilgoskis and Mo Williams to an NBA Finals isn't proof enough. I don't know what you want to do. Yeah. And, and that's why, and that's why, listen, it happens. It happens to everybody. It happens to all the greatest of all time in sports, in art, in music, in whatever. Dude, you know, I've, I got pretty obsessed with listening to um, Quentin Tarantino on podcasts. He did this run of to promote his the, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. And I listened to one and I was like, man, this was really awesome. And I listened to literally every podcast he did on his circuit. And he's pretty open about like, I just everybody's pushing him on the leaving. Are you really only doing 10 movies? And he's just like, I just want to be the guy who goes out on top. And it happens to everybody. Almost everybody sticks around too long for the record though. Do you like, I listened to him on Rogan. That was it. But I'm calling bullshit on that. On what? That he's going to stick to that number of movies. He said it a lot of times. I know he has, but, don't you think someone of his creativity and pedigree that that bug is going to, he might do it for five, 10 years. And that bug's just going to come back and bite him. He's like, ah. I don't know. maybe, maybe then maybe he'll do the Jordan thing where he wants to go out on top, but then he can't, you know, we'll see. He talks about writing plays and doing all the novelizations and doing a show and doing whatever. It doesn't seem like he's quitting everything, you know, he's walking away. But my point is, is everybody, Hangs on too long. And I think Charles Barkley was the peak basketball analyst for a long time. But shit like this, 
makes me think, bro, you, you hung on, you're, you've hung on a little too long. You stayed out of the social media era for you were so good about not being a social media guy, but now you're getting dragged into the social media world where you'll sit down on everybody's podcast. You'll sit down on everybody's TV show. You'll answer everybody's questions. Like you post to Twitter and you're doing the social media. Like he can say he's not on Twitter all he wants, but he clearly reads it because he dives into all the conversations. And honestly, I think he's lost it. I think he's lost it. He's now at the point where he's doing, he's doing hot take troll shit that he doesn't really believe. Well, you know, I don't think he's fully lost it. I think he's only, he's already said this. He's only going to be a few years. I still love watching him and, and really enjoy, obviously, NBA and TNT is the best, hands down, in my opinion, pre-middle post-game show. Like, just the chemistry of But let guys. me say something. Let me say something. And, and this is no diss on Barkley because I really like Charles Barkley. Shaq has become Barkley and Barkley has become something else. Shaq is now the guy who's giving you the unfiltered straight from the heart opinions. He's not afraid to call people out. He's not afraid to like say some shit. He's not afraid to put himself in the line. He's not afraid to be funny and be entertaining and fall over. He's become the Barkley on the show and Barkley's gone into more like hot takes to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I, I look, I, I don't. I don't hate that. That analogy. Or that that take. Did you follow this? Uh, I see you added this to the rundown. Did you follow this? I don't really follow. I didn't read too much about the KD Draymond thing. Well, they I mean, I, I thought maybe you went a little deeper on it or checked it out at all. But I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't dive into it a ton, but basically they're, I saw they're blaming the GM and Kerr on the breakup. Yeah. Which is, which is just to me really funny that like, I'm mostly interested in like how people are interpreting this again. It's like, Oh, well, I think those guys did handle it wrong. It's like, you have your two star players in the middle of court, fucking cursing each other out, having a blow up. Like, this is still a team. This is still a job. This is still a fucking thing. Like, you know, of course they're involved. And it just seems like it just seems like the thing about Kevin Durant and, and Draymond, like who gives a fuck about Draymond? Like, OK, he's a fine player, but like in the end, you're Draymond Green. What are you? You know, uh, no, we just talked about the Sixers and and needing another star or whatever. Like Draymond's not that guy who's pushing some team over the top. You can't trade what team tomorrow do you trade Draymond to? And you're like, that's it. They went from nobody to somebody who is not a contender right now that becomes a contender with Draymond Green. He's, he's a nice accessory is what he is. Sure. But the thing is about this story is like Kevin Durant is one of the greatest basketball players in the world and one of the greatest basketball players of all time. It just seems like it's always somebody else's fault. It's all he's always blaming somebody. There's always blame. You went there. You wanted to play for Kerr. You love Steve Kerr. You love the Warriors system. You want to win a championship. You go there. You win two championships. And now it's fucking Kerr's fault. Yeah, I think it's lame. It's just Kevin Durant is always fucking bitching. It's like it's like. I got to say, it hurts his legacy. 
It's nonstop. And it's funny because the whole world of hate of basketball haters does la bitch, la bitch. Like, dude, Kevin Durant bitches more in a day than LeBron James has bitched in his entire career. Well, I'm sure they were asked it on the show, but even that we're still talking about this, it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, just move onward and upward. Yeah. It just seems like it's always like, dude, it's over. And you're and you're like and you're taking shots. And then Draymond's taking shots at like his current coach. That's that's what I was confused about. I was reading that and saying, did I miss something? Is Draymond still on the Warriors? Did I miss him leaving the Warriors? Because Steve Kerr still his coach. Yeah. And you're taking digs at him. Durant says it wasn't the argument. It was the way that everybody, Steve Kerr, acted like it didn't happen. Bob Myers tried to just discipline Draymond and think that would put the mask over everything. Y'all are about to fuck this up, Draymond said. He told him, I said, the only person that can make this right is me and Kevin. And there's nothing that y'all can do. And y'all are going to fuck this up. And in my opinion, they fucked it up, responded but, Durant. I think so, I'm, too. I'm it's confused. Like, How, I agree. They can make it right themselves. Why is it? How did they fuck it up? By like getting involved and it's like, dude, you're the two, you're two of the main pieces on this team. And you're just like publicly feuding, like go to fucking, you know, go to your office tomorrow and curse out somebody by the fucking copy machine. HR's gonna be like, guys, uh, we have to come into the office and talk about it. Uh, we think, we think HR fucked this up. We think HR really fucked up. Dude, you, you shoved him at the copy machine. We can't have this. Yeah. Sir, this is a Wendy's. I know. I just, to me, it's almost, it's almost not even news because it's just, it's like petty high school girl stuff. Just get over it. Grow up. Move on. Go play basketball. Come on. Like, like you guys are talking about something from a couple years ago and you're blaming the coach and the but my point and, that, and that's my point about Durant is like yeah they're asked about it but and you know Draymond's always have a thing but like at some point I mean at this point you can't even really say it like the idea that the idea that at some point Kevin Durant's gonna stop it's just he's just not he's just as he's just a whiny he just whines he's just whining all the time about somebody who's do who's, who's out to get him Everybody's out to get the great Kevin Durant. It's amazing that he was able to achieve so much with the whole world out to get him. Well, there's obviously some deep-seated insecurity issues that a, a trained professional could probably diagnose or break down through therapy. You know who else might need some therapy? I was like, are we doing an ad here? or No. But, okay. but, but seriously, use Talkspace, promo code dirty. Okay. <laughs> they get a free plug today. Uh, no. Someone, someone else who I think needs therapy because he can't figure out what he wants to do with his life. Oh, Timmy Tebow. Oh. Tim Tebow. I, I'm glad this experiment's over, right? Didn't last long. Took one preseason game. One, one, one viral block, we should say. And then other guys, I saw other guys like, dissected like i saw a couple clips like that was his fourth worst block in the game <laughs> like he actually like whiffed on a bunch of others oh that's funny i didn't know that it's like you know i tweeted it and so many people fucking took it seriously 
I said, I, I should, I should have been more careful with my words. I said, I want to, I want to see Tebow try NASCAR next. I should have said, I want Tebow to, I want to watch Tebow fail at NASCAR next because my joke was I want Tebow to die in a fiery car wreck and not enough people got that. And then I had to, for a few minutes, clarify guys who are taking this like people are like i don't know man these freak athletes how about bobsledding i don't know uh i feel like he could be a great uh fucking blah 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 and you're like guys let it go let it go the dude isn't even a good fucking analyst like here's the thing here's the only thing i want tim tebow to do bro just start a super church this is like you can make infinitely more money grifting stupid people than you could have ever made. If you were Tom Brady, you can't make as much money as if you just start a super church and grift the people that thought you were going to be a great tight end. Well, he gets, I'm going to look it up. What does he get a fee for speaking? I'm going to, I'm going to see, I bet, I bet you can put this up into Google. So according to this website, who knows how valid it is? He gets 50 grand to speak. It's nothing. The churches. It's nothing. Bro. You know, these guys, Kenneth Copeland or whatever, it's worth $300 million. You know, these fucking, these crazy psycho Joel Osteen worth $40 million. Tom Brady's not worth $300 million. Hmm. Let's see what he's worth. According to net worth, he's worth $250 million. Pretty close. Right. My point is today. Tim Tebow could start a church that would make him what he would made if he was the 20 year, seven time winning five, four time MVP or whatever it is like the career that he was never, ever, ever going to have in his sleep dreaming. Start a super church, Tim Tebow, get out of sports. Well, again, Tim Tebow, I would argue, I think the argument could be made. I don't, I'm not saying this. I've said all along, you could argue he was the greatest college football player of all time. There's a legit argument there about how great he was in college. Obviously, he didn't work out in the pros. He doesn't know what he's doing as far as trying to figure out his career. I haven't watched him as an analyst, really, to assess that. But he could definitely make a extremely wealthy living running a mega church. I because actually- the people who defend him as an athlete... Are they're just those people? That's the only people who still think that you can accomplish anything is people who you have grifted into thinking that you're they're just Jesus freaks. Well, well, it's 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 I would even argue it's it's like a Jesus freak turned into the Messiah complex they now have for him, like whatever, but he is their Messiah. Sure. Who cares? They're the, it's the Easter Bunny. It's the bearded sky lord. It's I, Tim Tebow. It's, I went, who gets, it's the boogeyman. I went to uh, this is actually this is pretty funny. I went to last weekend. There's a there's a mega church by where my brother lives. 
Um, and it was started by who knows what goes on there. It was started by Carl Linder, who's former owner of the Reds, the one who bought it from shot. He's a billionaire. He owns yeah. great, you know, he owns great American family insurance, blah, blah, blah. And it's great American ballpark, all the United dairy farmers. Anyway. So they advertise this event. This is how they get people. It's, it's actually fascinating. So they, they have this giant property. This it doesn't even look like a church. It looks like something that the Vanderbilts, like a house the Vanderbilts would own back in the day or, you know, some sort of old money like that. And it's like out a lake and how they advertise it is it's a fun, free event. So they have bounce houses and all these things for kids. You can chip. There's a little island into the lake. You can, and they have free food, taco truck, pizza truck, Chick-fil-A stand. Skyline Chili stat like they have all this. So you have to, you have to just give them your email to go. And my sister-in-law was like, they're not into this stuff, but she's like, dude, this is free. Let's, let's be those people who just take advantage of it. And we go, my kid will love it. It'll be great for him. Free food. And uh, I kept joking. Like this is an episode at curb. Cause well, I was like, you know, by the way, you know, who uses this same method? Crack cocaine dealers. And also like church of Scientology. I thought you were going to say church of Scientology. They're like, here's a little free Take it for a trip. Go have a, and then you're like, yo, can I give you all my money? Yeah. So, so we go and like, like my brother wasn't going to go. Cause he's like, F those people. I'm not, I was like, dude, it's free. It'll be hilarious. So I say we go with the mindset of do not like I'm wearing sunglasses and a hat. And our joke was that I am just, I didn't eat all day. And I was like, I'm literally raiding the taco truck and the Chick-fil-A truck and the pizza truck, like Skyline. I'm just, I'm going for round. I'm, I'm that asshole. You're like, you guys have coasters. And uh, you could tell what was funny to me is you could tell the people who were doing it like me, because there was people talking in line and there was people who were like head down, just like, oh, I live by here. I just want free food and my kid to play in a bounce house for two hours. So he doesn't stop bothering me. So this one guy sees me, I'm wearing that shirt that has all the reds, grades from the seventies lineup, you know, it says Pete and Johnny and Joe, and I'm walking by and you knew the workers there because they had name tags. The guy goes, Hey, I got that same shirt, man. Really neat shirt. And I literally didn't even stop. I was like, thanks, man. Kept walking. He's like, dude, you're not going to corner me. You're not going to, you're not going to get me. Jesus like, cut to five months from now when Andy's a member of a church. He's talking to me about accept the Lord Tebow into your heart. I will say lot. Here we go. <laughs> A lot of attractive women there. Here we go. And uh, they've got vices for everybody. What's your vice? Chili, bounces, bouncy houses, women, golf. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get you in. They're going to rope you in. And once they get you, they're never going to let go. No, to me, it'd be, drain your bank account. No, I would never give them money. To me, it would be funny to that would be like a, a bit that you would do. And I was telling after we left, I was like, a lot of hot, attractive women in sundresses here tonight. And I was like, I go, wouldn't it be funny to do a, like a bit where you just go around mega churches in the area and just try to hook up with like the lonely moms or like young women? And my brother is like, wait a second. He goes, is this? And he called me out and he was right. He's like, is this a bit or is this you just trying to bang a bunch of like crazy church ladies who are sexually repressed. He's like, I don't think this is a bit. I just think this is for your own satisfaction. I was like, yeah, you're right. Probably is. 
they're also probably not sexually repressed. They're all probably hookers that are like, not actual hookers, but they're all probably loose women that are like, oh, on Sundays I go to church, my sundress. It's all better now. I don't know, man. I, I could feel the energy. Usually I feel the energy and I was like, there's a lot. Well, of- go back. I can't wait for you to return. You're like, listen, I'm just going for the free food again, but it's a Tebow rally. He's going to be running for governor of Ohio. Tebow fundraiser. It's not a big deal. I give him $5. It was $5 all you can eat. What would his mega church be called? I have fucking no idea. The, my uh, Fucking last chance you. <laughs> I tweeted that. You'll see him next season on last chance you. I still think I still hold my claim. I just think he's a closeted homosexual. I, I honestly don't care one way or the other, but I don't know if, did you see the video of him with the, with his, like, is it his wife, his girlfriend, his fiance? He's married. Do you see his wife like bought a replica Tebow Jersey and like from his high school team? No, literally, literally at the end of it, he's like, no, it's a replica. He's literally doing straight up baby talk on the internet. Like ba- he's like, baby, it's a replica. I'm just like this fucking dude i just want to say like if you're a tim tebow fan at this point like i just fucking hate you i just hate well, you well, I hate, and i hate tim tebow well you know i don't i don't like using that word i, I don't okay I don't like- well listen i have a lot of friends a lot of friends being a baseball guy growing up i have a lot of friends who got to the fringe who sure. were who were one guy away one roster spot away for tim tebow to do that now in multiple sports in no. multiple sports to essentially potentially take away w- one guy's chance because, you know, Jesus freaks will buy his fucking jersey. Well, or look, whatever we we agree. I, I mean, I said that I'm just, I'm not going to say like I hate the guy or not say I hate like I like I try not to. Uh, uh, people might laugh, but I try it. My dad would always tell me that growing up, like, don't use the word hate. Like, I don't want to say I hate the guy, but do I think he's extremely selfish? Yes. Do I think. He did all those things, stealing spots from other people for his own benefit. Yes. I think he, like we said, when he got signed, I I think there, there's nothing like he doesn't practice what he preaches, so to speak. And I think he is an extremely selfish person that is benefiting from, you know, the Tebow mania, so to speak. And I'm glad he was cut. I'm glad it didn't last long. And he was basically, at the end of the day, I think he was just thrown a bone by his college coach. That's all it was. I mean, Urban Meyer, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you saw this. Urban Meyer said, Joe, two weeks ago, it was, it, this was, the writing was already on the wall. Urban Meyer said in a press conference two weeks ago, it's going to be very hard for him to make the team. That's before they even played a game. Like Urban Meyer already was basically saying, this guy's going to be with us for maybe a week or two of training camp, mini camp. Cool. And then you're cutting down spots and he doesn't make it, but there could have been some other guy in that spot who shows it and becomes the Cinderella story becomes Victor Cruz. Sure. And now I, they won't because Tim Tebow's ego won't let him stop fucking trying to be good at sports, bro. The best fucking college football player of all time. Cool. Doesn't mean Danny Manning can go play fucking baseball or Christian Leitner can go play fucking football or, 
you know, f- I don't know, whoever the fuck the best college baseball player is of all time. Doesn't mean fucking Pat Burrell can go to the NBA. You suck. It's over. Get out of our lives forever, you fucking Jesus freak nutbag. Bye. Well, it's over. Well, that's not going to happen. This is the end of the wine. This is the end of the wine for Will Timmy Tebow. Do you think I want to talk about another quarterback who was who was cut? Josh Rosen, man. Like, do you think he'll? It's crazy. He's twenty four. He's that young. He had that awful interception last week. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. It was pretty bad. It was really bad in a preseason game, or yeah, like it was bad. It was. It was. They're driving to score. I mean, he just throws it right to like. It's one of those. What are you doing, man? You. I mean, he threw it right to the linebacker, and. I think that was basically the end, that play. It's just crazy to think he's a top 10 pick and now he's. He's not the first. He won't be the last. I bet he, I bet he's on another roster though. You think? I bet he's on another roster just because so many injuries, COVID. All the things. I still think he's on a roster on a depth chart somewhere at some point, but you know, that's just gun to my head. He's got one more. He's got one more chance. Yeah. I want to bring up the, uh, we're talking QB depth chart and obviously the cowboy situation with Dak being injured again. And Benucci. Is he well, their backup? Well, that yeah, you know, I'm looking. So technically, the depth chart on the Dallas Cowboys website is Dak Garrett Gilbert is right. technically second. Ben Denucci yeah. is third, and Cooper Rush is fourth. So you have four QBs. And when I was watching Hard Knocks, which we both agree is extremely boring, uh, incredibly boring. I didn't make it through the second episode. I yeah. barely, I, I think I made it. What do they run an hour? Yeah. I think I made it 40 minutes in, but I would say I was watching really watching for the first 15. And then I was like, nothing's happening. No one here is interesting. It's pretty literally boring. no one. It's pretty boring. Was any story that they got into, like they tried so hard to make us fucking interested in the walk on Kamara guy. They tried to make us so interested in Lawrence. It's like none, no one is interesting. The oh, the, coach from guys, England. The coach, he's got a British accent. I will say that was pretty funny to me. I'm like, this story is around. Hey, he's from England. So he has a British it's accent. literally the entire story. This one coach has an accent. <laughs> All right, bruv. And the players mock his accent and they make Boy, fun of him. I think we should draw it. You're like, this is the whole, this is 10 minutes of this episode. Is that the players are like, Oi, bruv, me thinks we should try to cover it. You're like, all right. Yeah, it's, I will say, it's one of the worst. I've ever watched, if not maybe the worst. And, and Mike McCarthy 
oh. is is bordering on Jameis Winston levels of cringe, awkward, awkward leadership. And you could tell when he swears, he's trying to be cool. He's like, so let's, ex- let's, exactly what I was going to say. Let's fucking go out there and kick their fucking ass. He's like, and- we're going to go out there. We're going to practice and fucking. And, and then also, and you're like, dude, did you just, did you just like trip out because you tried to mix in a fuck for no reason? Yeah. His, his it seems so unnatural. Yes. I was gonna say his swearing. And we're going to fucking play hard and, and, and fuck hard and, and, and shit hard. And you're like, bro, what? We're going to fuck hard and shit hard. What is this? Dude, not every, not everybody likes to swear. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you don't like to swear coach, don't swear. But when you're forcing the F bombs, oh, so cringe. I think this is, I actually, at this point, I'm trying to think if this has been the worst I've ever watched. I mean, entertainment wise, it's just pretty boring. I, th- I felt like last year was pretty boring too. It was just so COVID last year. But so I started, when did you start watching? I started watching. So the the first two seasons, remember they did 2001, 2002, and then they skipped. I actually started watching. I didn't watch either of those. I started watching in 2007 with the chiefs. What, what were the first, what was the first ones? That was in 2001 and 2002 Ravens and Cowboys. Yeah. I think I did watch. Did they do the Ravens again? No. No. Okay. I definitely watched some some Billick Ravens. So cool. I'll just do this real briefly. Starting in 2007 when they brought it back. I'll do it in order. Chiefs, Cowboys, Bengals, Jets, Dolphins, Bengals, Falcons, Texans, Rams, Bucks, Browns, Raiders, two LA teams last year and Cowboys. Yeah. I would argue actually since then, it to me it's not even close. Yeah. I think this has been the most boring because I, I can think as I'm going through this, I can think of each season and moments yes. on them. And yeah, yes. Like I, you know, obviously he should, he should go to Rex Ryan swear camp. Let's go get a fucking snack. So much more comfortable than like, let's fucking prep f- fucking practice. But I was, and when you're out there, I want you to fuck each other. And fucking kill. What? What are we supposed to do? I think that's how Dak got hurt in the first place. I was bringing up their QB situation. Obviously, Dak only played five games last year. Now it's a shoulder issue. He's probably not going to play preseason. If I'm the Cowboys, I got to be concerned because those are my backups. I mean, isn't this isn't this like a signature Jerry Jones move? Hasn't this been the whole thing? It would be like, Romo, who's injury prone, will be backed up today by John Kitna and a guy who is currently right this second teaching a gym class because it is a Monday. It's Monday Night Football. So he's teaching an afternoon gym class, but he will be here by game time. But at least last year, you did have a competent Andy Dalton's a competent backup. But I'm saying historically, yeah, in the Jerry Jones era, their backups have been. I mean, the, the, just think of the names that have run through there in, in Tony Romo absences, Matt Castle, Helen Moore. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, fucking Kitna. Who is the other dude? Uh, Brandon Whedon. 
Yeah, it's but that's what I'm saying. Like you're going into this with a guy coming off serious injury, and you're throwing all these six, seven round guys that come from small schools. There was a great move last year. They were smart. I mean, obviously, you know, it didn't get them, it but it kept it kept them in the thick of it. Yeah, but you got to pay those guys. And he gave Dak a bunch of money. He gave Zeke a bunch of money. Give like that's it's just the way it goes. You can't pay everybody. Yeah. I'm and still... also you can have you can have the Matt Castle and you can have the whatever as a backup. You can have the you know who is fucking Peyton Manning's backup for all those years, like Curtis Painter or something like that. Like, but, but Peyton, you know, that, but Peyton's next level. Peyton's not getting hurt. But that's my point. So you don't need. There's a time uh, in the giant uh, uh, when Eli was with the Giants. Where his backup was David Carr for years, and they didn't have a third string because they're like the idea that lightning strikes and Eli Manning gets hurt, and our backup gets hurt is almost impossible. It'd be like a lightning lightning striking twice in one day. They didn't even have a third stringer for years. Yeah, Zeke seemed. I don't know because you didn't watch at the end. I'm telling you, is that? preseason game went on i felt like zeke was high he was laughing and everything Probably. he was all about the sunflower seeds and i don't know if i'm the only one but when i'm watching them, i'm like is he stoned zeke seems stoned probably is because he, he was doing things i do when i'm stoned he's giggling a lot he's just being goofy i'm riding i'm, I'm telling septum piercing piercing in taking it out yeah i'm yeah. telling you right now i'm riding that nine and a half under i'm riding it under nine and a half wins I Nothing. mean, I, I, you know what I'd love to do? I'd love, I bet, I'm sure there's a Vegas thing where you can bet like the exact number, you know, where you can pick the wins for odds. I want to bet on eight, eight, and one. That's funny. I want to bet on Cowboys exactly eight, eight, and one. And be, probably winning the division. That would be classic Cowboys. Did you so, see the Washington speaking of that division? Did you see the names? Yeah, what are we down to? You thought the Guardians was bad. Oh my God. What, what are we down to? Like the admirals, the generals, the lieutenants, the colonels, the fucking, you know, governors, the presidents. Guys, kill yourself. The fucking, this fucking list. I thought we were down to Red Wolves, too. The Red Wolves and the Red Hogs. The Red Wolves. Has there been a wolf in well, fucking D.C. ever? There's three finalists. So this is the three of these is what it's down to. Armada right. Brigade Commander. Armada Brigade. The Washington Brigade. Commander's lame. Defender's lame. President's lame. Red Hogs lame. Red Wolves. Or Washington football team. I say you just stick with that. I 100% stick with that. Yeah. The Red Hogs. The Red Wolves. Red Hogs will offend PETA. Dude, they're all offensive. The Armada. I don't even know. What that, like, are they going to be a bunch of ships? It's 
so fucking stupid. Can you imagine if they were the Washington presidents? Look at our run of presidents lately. Are they so? I mean, I guess for the Washington football team to name it after old incompetent boobs would be appropriate. Can we get fucking? Can we get Bill O'Brien in there to coach? Can we get Michael McCarthy to join the staff? So naming I have old incompetent boobs. Here's the best part of this. I'm reading the article. They had over 40,000 submissions and those were the eight they got down to. It's ridiculous. And the, and I think like they're present, like some guy who's part of the franchise is like out there saying that's like, that's not the eight. And it's like, no, it is. You just fucking, you just saw the Twitter reaction and you're fucking spinning. I think you bring the bullets back, but for the football team. Yeah. Cause remember when they were like, remember when the Rams logo came out and everybody was like, that looks like a penis. And they're like, don't worry. It's not the logo. And then like two days later, it was fucking absolutely the logo. Yeah. A hundred percent. They're like, that's not the logo. Why would you say that when you're literally about to announce that is the logo? Yeah. It, those are not the finalists, but by the way, we are now the Washington football brigade. It's pretty bad, man. It's really bad. So Deshaun Watson hasn't been practicing. Apparently the FBI is now investigating. He's traveling with the team. He's showing up to practice. Okay. He's there every day. I'm sorry. He's not traveling with the team. I stand corrected. But he's there because he doesn't want to get fined. What a what a mess. What a coaches, they just wish they could say to him, just get up in there. Get up in there, man. Get up in there. Can you get up in there? I yeah, just get up in there, man. Instead of just saying, just finger my butthole. I think he's the only one who was saying that during sex. Get up in there. I think everybody else is like, yo, you want to stick a finger in there? Just be, you, dude, you, when you're talking about the anus, you got to be direct. Yeah. Unless you're talking to a masseuse who is not a sex worker. And then you really have to play. You know, you really have to kind of dance around it a little bit. Or else next thing you know, the FBI will be investigating your rape charges. Yeah. I'm who, plays more, who plays more snaps this year? Sean Watson or Josh Rosen? I'm going Watson by a lot. Okay, let's let's see. Let's see what's going on in Houston. Like, like, so he doesn't play. What's their depth chart? Let's let's see if he's not playing. Who do they have? Because you have to just assume. He's not playing, right? You have to assume for now. Oh, Tyrod Taylor, that's right. Mr. Mr. Backup, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. He who shall not be named thinks that he Tyrod Taylor will be starting because he's the better of the two quarterbacks. I was actually telling the story to my neighbor about he who shall not be named. I said, do you remember five years ago? bunch of kids camping out he's like yeah I, I do remember actually we we moved in within like a year and we woke up and there was a tent in your front yard and there was new york plates and we we're like what's going on at the ruthers 
And then the next day, uh, Dan down the street's car was on fire. <laughs> You're like unrelated to that, this particular kid, but related to the story. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him that. I, I almost did. I almost was like, dude, you think that's kind of funny? You have no idea what happened you, to the car. You think that's kind of funny. Wait till I tell you this. He thinks Tyrod Taylor would still be the starting quarterback <laughs> of the Cleveland Browns if it weren't for injury. Tyrod Taylor's been on four teams since. Oh, my God. I can't believe our military accomplished nothing in 20 years in Afghanistan when you got guys like that on in service. I can't believe it. Poopsock? Yeah. Oh, that, did I say his name? Yeah. Well, last NFL story, and then we do have to move on. Seahawks give Jamal Adams 70 mil, four years, 38 guaranteed. It's a high price. It's great. I like it. A lot of people were like, this is stupid. I said, guys, he had the most sacks ever in the history of the NFL for a DB last year. He, he played hurt the whole year. People don't realize that. He was playing with a dislocated shoulder. The guy, the guy, I think he is just a, a, a football player. Yeah. And I think, like I've said before, Pete Carroll's one on defense. It's probably where they should have spent the money the entire time. But glad they're getting back to it. I like it. I like it a lot. It's their only chance. It's truly, in my opinion, their only chance of winning that division, which I don't think that they're going to win, but I think their only chance of winning that division, their only chance of being a great football team is by being a, a fantastic defensive football team. I don't think it'd be fantastic. I think they have enough firepower and offense. I think you got to be just middle of the line. Yeah. And I disagree. Okay. That's fine. For them to contend. I think they need to be an incredible defensive football team. You know what else is incredible, Joe? Miller Light. How do you like that segue? An incredible segue for an incredible beer. I love the Miller Light sweatshirt that you've got on right now. It's 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 making me thirsty. It's uh it's eleven ten here, but it is a Thursday. Get a couple shows tonight. I might need to loosen up with a couple Miller Lights. Tell you what, man. The Miller Light brand is so strong within my family with not only Miller Lite drinkers, but they they like to wear the gear as well. My brother. I'd love to hear it. Shout out to my little brother. Last week when we did the, the Brothers Kings Island trip, he showed up in a fresh Miller Lite tea. Love it. And I think, I'm pretty sure, because they serve booze at Kings Island, I'm pretty sure they sell Miller Lite as well. So shout out to them for that. And Dirtballs, if you have not started drinking Miller Lite, I don't know what you're waiting for. It has great taste and only 96 calories. Miller Lite is brewed with beer lovers in mind. So if you're a beer lover, start drinking some Miller Lite. They've been the light beer with great taste since 1975. That's what makes it such an easy choice. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Shout out to Kyle Aronofsky, who was at the Blue Claws game and sent us a picture of his Miller Lite. Shout out to, I'm blaming somebody else just went to a, a fantastic event. Uh, I don't think it was a baseball game. What was it? Somebody else just tagged us on Dirty Sports. It was awesome. I it's it's become my favorite dirty sports tradition is people sending me top golf. Through, yes, the top golf. That was Jay, that's Jay, right. Jay Luns. Jay Luns with his Miller Lite pint can and dirty sports koozie at top top golf. Love it. It's become yeah. my favorite tradition. You sending me pictures of your Miller Lights, tagging us and Miller Lite in your picture. And just telling, like, it warms my heart that you are somewhere with a beer in hand, and you're like, I want to tell the dirty sports guys. It it truly makes me so happy. It's it's our legacy. Yeah, it's about legacy, yo. It's about legacy, yo. And that is a good segue to discuss my guy Joey Votto. We're talking legacy. Votto got his 2,000th hit this week, so. In the same year, he's the only second guy to ever do this because it is kind of interesting to happen the same year. Same year, he's gotten his 2,000th hit, his 300th home run, and his 1,000th RBI. So the Hall of Fame discussion, which I thought was mostly dead, I agree, heading into this year for him. But now with his resurgence, there's been a resurgence in this discussion. And I've seen numerous articles from the local Cincinnati papers to national articles, you name it. It's becoming a hot discussion because he's in his 16th season. He's had the longevity. He's played for the same team. And I wanted to discuss this because there's been some really good articles. And and for me, I've kind of been following personally. No one's done an article on this, but I've kind of done my own research comparing him to Larry Walker. So, and, and that's an easy comparison to me because and who some who some would say was sort of a borderline Hall of Famer, as yes. is obviously got in. And he's the first Canadian to ever get in. Right. So, you know, to me, I love that comparison of, oh, let's take another Canadian, Joey Votto. And, and their stats are very similar as of now. You know, Walker's still beating him in all the major categories, hits, home runs, RBI, slugging percentage, war. But then again, you know, Joey Votto is not done. Right. So, you know, when it's all said and done, those numbers will be very similar. What I found interesting was a recent article on The Athletic. And this is the headline. Joey Votto is not your grandpa's Hall of Famer, but he absolutely belongs. So this was a combined article from Trent Rosencrantz, who is the, the beat writer in The Athletic for the Reds. So there's some Homer bias there, but also Jason Stark. And Jason Stark does have a Hall of Fame vote. And he said he will vote for Votto. Yeah. And his argument is this. I want to hear your take on this, Joe. His argument is the standard has always been home runs, RBIs, hits, slash average. And, and he doesn't disagree with that and how important those still are. But his argument is we're now in the money ball era where things like slugging percentage, war, on-base percentage and OPS are extremely important. So here's a few arguments that Jason Stark writes in the article. He says, 
Look, Joey Votto is the seven time, seven times, I'm sorry, seven times he's led Major League Baseball in on-base percentage, the whole league. In the history of the Hall of Fame, no, I'm sorry, in the history of seven-time on-base percentage leaders, these are the other six in the history. Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, Rogers, Hornsby, Ty Cobb. Sorry, the other five. So, so the argument there, if we're going to like go on on-base percentages, look, the other five who've ever led baseball seven times are all Hall of Famers. Not only Hall of Famers, like some of the greatest. And if you want to narrow that list even more, of the seven time or more on-base percentage leaders, Joey Votto did that in a 10-year span. The only other guys to lead the league in on-base percentage in that 10-year span are Hornsby, Rogers Hornsby, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, and Ty Cobb. So like they, they say that's a big starting point. I don't know how you feel about that. The argument is like, look, dude, he's getting on base. He's leading the league all the effing time. And, and it's, it's obviously become a very important aspect of the game, more important than a lot of other things. I think when you talk about it, it's like, you know, the, the judge of, oh, 300 career average, 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, all this stuff used to be the standard. And we've gotten to the point now where that stuff wins for pitchers, you know, isn't as important as whip, you know, like it, like the the adjustment in stats. But I think the one, you know, that is great in judging people all time is war. And if you do a standard war, if you look at Joey Votto, so Joey Votto right now as a 63, this is a baseball reference war because there's a lot of different wars. So he's a 63.1 uh, war, career war. Now, the two guys that are right behind him, Juan Marichal and Home Run Baker, I don't know who the fuck Home Run Baker is, but they're both in the Hall of Fame. But instead of talking about the guys that are below him who are in, you know, like Dennis Eckersley is a couple points behind him, you know, uh, but like Andrew Jones is right behind him. He's not going to be a hall of famer, but the reason I kind of don't even want to deal with that is like, he's probably Joey Votto is probably not going to play long enough to have a negative year. He'll probably, he's probably got a couple more years in him. He probably ticks off a couple. I think his war this year is probably two and change. I didn't look at it, but like I think it's like I think it's lower. I think it's like 1.2, 1.5. Okay. So he, you know, let's say he racks up another one or two points in war for a career. You're now you're looking at the guys above him. He's at 63. So let's just start at let's just start at 65 as the cutoff. Craig, Craig Beggio is at 65.4. Just got in. Okay. Below the 65 number. Joe Cronin, I don't know who that is, is in. Andre Dawson, 64.8, he's in. Max Scherzer's at 64.7, he will be in. Reggie Smith, not in. Willie McCovey, 64.5, in. Chase Utley, 64.5, not in, although people are making an argument that I am not for. Richie Ashburn, 64.3, in. Halliday, 64.2, in. Dave Winfield, 64.2, in. Red Faber, 64, in. Jackie Robinson, 63.9 in. Obviously, there's more to the Jackie Robinson story than that. But basically, you keep going. 
Clark Griffith, Billy Williams, Lou Boudreau, Bob Feller, Billy Hamilton, different Billy Hamilton, and Vic Willis. Those are the guys all in, by the way, all in that are between Joey Votto and 65. So there's literally like three of those guys who are not in or projected to be in. And I think that's a good argument for him, especially with the on-base numbers. Now, defensively, Joey Votto's like fine, but has never been like great. Yeah. I wouldn't argue that Joey Votto, he's a what? Uh, uh, I'm sure because of the hitting and all that stuff, the gold glove's not really a fielding award. Yeah, he got it once. One time. He's probably what? How many times have you been an all-star? Seven times, eight times? Six times. He won an MVP. He's, he's been got a, one MVP. He's, he's been the top three, three times. You know what killed him was that he lost that one to Stanton in 2017. It was one of the closest races ever. He lost by, I forget what it was, but it was it was just basically one vote. Because if he got two MVPs, then he's in. You agree? Like if you I get mean, Derek Jeter has no MVPs, no batting titles. He's going to get in with 99.999% of the vote. Well, here is another interesting stat that they're listing in the article. It says Votto is just the 14th player in MLB history with 2000 hits, 1200 walks, plus one of the rarefied 300, 400 or 500 slash lines for his career. Now is that average Slugging percentage on base percentage average on base. Yeah. Average so, on base and then slugging. I'm assuming. So yeah. OPS is over 900 in his career. Yeah. So again, he's still over 300 right now for his career. So he's yeah. only one of 14 that has that with the 2000 hits, 1200 walks. Listen to those 14. Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Stan Musial, Lou Gehrig, Mel Ott, Jimmy Fox, Tris Speaker, Chipper Jones, Frank Thomas, Edgar Martinez. All Hall of Famers. Those are all Hall of Famers. Now, the other three who are not Hall of Famers all time are Manny, Helton, and Todd Helton and Joey Votto. Manny should be a Hall of Famer. And Todd Helton is a guy that people would argue could be in as well. Yeah. Although I don't think, you know, the rest of his numbers hold up. Yeah. So, look, I, I I think it really is... An interesting discussion, especially when you, you know, bring in Larry Walker just got in and their stats are going to be similar. You bring in all these other guys. I think the thing is, is like, is he a sure thing Hall of Famer? No, no, no. but you know, in in the Moneyball era where we've where where everything changes to start valuing, like these guys are getting into the league who can do the things that Joey Votto can do. If 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 you're if you if you are a Joey Votto light. You have a place on everybody's baseball team. So to be the standard for that, to me, it's like in this era where no one's hitting 300 anymore to have a career 303 average. Like I, I I'm fine with Joey Votto getting in. Yeah. And I'm also saying, and he never left, you know, he never left terrible. Could have gone to the Cubs, won a world series, but he stayed in Cincinnati. Yeah, poor Joey Votto. Never left, which meant never winning a playoff series as of now. Well, I'll be curious how it plays out. And I agree. I'm not I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, he's got to be in. Obviously, I'm rooting for him. But I understand the argument on both sides. But if he just keeps creeping up there, 
with not like if like if he could basically I look at it this way if he could give one more year somewhat close to this year or even two then those numbers really start to pile up and, and I thought you made a good point about the pitchers man we're, we're just we're not going to see 300 win pitchers nope. we're not like like these old and, and it's not and it's not a thing anymore it's just not even going to be it's not even going to be considered And like how, like how many wins? Uh, like like let's bring up Jacob Degrom. Like you don't um, even want to know. That's, that's and that's my point. Like how many wins does Jacob Degrom have in his career? Unbelievable. I'm looking right now. Seventy. Great guess. Seventy-seven. Yeah. Jacob Jacob Degrom has never won more than fifteen games. Yeah. That's crazy. To think. He could potentially get in the Hall of Fame with under a hundred wins. That's nuts, man. That's absolutely nuts. So it just shows how much everything's changed. Yeah. Now, Shohei Otani got his 40th home run. So speaking, put to put it into context, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> Joey Vado's having a great year. So, like I said, there's a lot of different wars. Uh, I checked, and uh, Joey Votto, according to baseball reference, his war this year is 2.2. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah, 2.2. Okay. that's Again, there's baseball reference. There's probably wars where he's in the in the high ones. What What's Shoei Otani's war this year, according to baseball reference? 6.8. 7.9. Wow. It's bananas. Wow. It's fucking bananas. He's got 110 hits. He's got 40 bombs. He's hitting 289. And then we got to go to the fucking, I got to go show his, find his fucking pitching stats. We're trying a whole other goddamn thing. He is eight and one in 18 starts with a hundred innings pitched. A. Where's fucking ERA? Jesus Christ. I think his ERA is in the two, two high twos. How the fuck? 2.79. And he struck out 120 dudes in 100 innings. Wow. With a 1.060 whip. What a badass. Steve, Nebraska. And. He's got Jack Morris. He's got one uh, suspension of Jack Morris under his belt. <laughs> Which was so fucking stupid because I thought he was doing like the SNL Betty Betty bit. And I didn't even think he was doing an Asian accent. I don't know what he's doing. But. But it's fine. Did you see what Otani said? No. He wasn't even phased. He's like, I wasn't offended. I just got to do like, he basically was like, it's like, oh, he's a hall of famer. Yeah. I'm just doing my, like, like, he's like, I don't even think about that stuff. I'm just out here, you know, mashing balls, throwing strikes. I mean, it's, it's the, the thing that sucks is more suspended from broadcast, but now opening for Shane Gillis on the road. So that's, you know, a nice, nice pivot. 
Is he? Yeah. He's middling. I did listen to the Shane Gillis, the whole backstory on that. I found that fascinating. I have no idea. I have no. He 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 spilled everything on Rogan. Uh, and now he's doing his rounds. I think he did Theo Vaughn's podcast. But uh, as far as how everything went down. And I thought he said something interesting because it's true. I, th- I thought he made an interesting point. Like you can discuss the canceling all you want, like and how that works. Like, I don't really care. People can have different opinions, but he made a point of, I was the first person canceled before. Like I had, like most people get canceled. Pre- are- pre-canceled. He, he's like, dude, I got canceled before I was even on SNL. He goes, which is kind of fascinating. Like everybody else, it's like, I didn't have any money. Which I thought, well, that was a good point. It's like everybody else is canceled because they're already somebody important. I was still a nobody. And then all of a sudden, I guess Lauren Michaels really tried to make it work. And then it came from above. But yeah, I don't know. There, there, there's, I've said this in the show before. There's parts of me who's like cancel culture is real, but also I think it's overblown. I think it's both. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think both can exist. Like, well, I think can't like, I think it's, it's real, but it's also like, you don't need, like, like he's a prime example. You don't he's, need, he's on Rogan to promote his worldwide tour. So he wasn't canceled. Well, well, well he's, he lost know, the job. He, he lost the job. And, and, but I think the argument can be made with us having so many media outlets as far as social media and YouTube the argument is like he, he i think his sketches are hilarious i've watched a lot of his sketches on his channel the argument is he's doing things on his youtube that he could never do and he has an audience for it because he was canceled from snl sure so so it all goes like like they did a so you could say like i i would argue not even argue i don't know for a fact but i would guarantee that shane gillis can demand more money for a weekend at a comedy club than Melissa Villas in York. I'd probably have to agree with you. So who is canceled the person on SNL or the person not on SNL? It, it really is an interesting discussion. That's because he's white, a white dude though. Just kidding. He, um, uh, he does this. So we're getting away from Shoei Otani's yeah, sorry. insane, probably, I mean, almost certainly MVP, AL MVP season. Uh, all time like, season? I mean, all time. I don't know what the, I don't know what the season war record is, but it's got, I mean, dude, 40 homers. And he's, he's got fucking eight wins. I'm looking it up. And he's got a hundred pitch, a hundred, like you had a hundred, a hundred innings pitched under your belt. Even at, even at a quality start at seven. So that's what 15 quality starts. I hate these war records get go way back. If you want to go way back and I'm on baseball reference right now, the first three are Babe Ruth blah. Then Carl Jastrzemski, 12.4 and 67. Then you go back to Rod. Okay, let's go to the modern era. It's Barry Bonds. 2001 had 11.9 war. That's pretty bananas when you consider eight. You know, he's approaching eight 
and that 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 that's the that's the Bond season from that's the superhero season. So eleven point nine. I'm just, I'm just going to read off guys that are modern. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this yeah. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig shit back in sure. the twenties. Cause to me, that doesn't matter. So bonds at 11.9 in 2001 In 2002, he had 11.7. Here's a surprise. Cal Ripken in 1991, 11.5. Joe Morgan, the year he won the MVP, because he was a stud defender in yeah, 75. Same as, Ripken. same as Ripken. He had 11. Oh, Mookie Betts is up here. Mookie Betts had 10.7 in 2018. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's pretty awesome what he's doing. It's insane. It's incredible. It's awesome. It's I love it. I'm such a fan. Steve Nebraska. I mean, this is some shit out of the scout. Yeah, he's Guys, he the the other day he hit his 40th. He went back out in the eighth. I think he hit 97 or 98 on the gun in the eighth after hitting his 40th bomb in a game. It's amazing. I love it. Boner alert. God, Angels just can they compete? Unbelievable. Man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they the the issue with the Angels has always been that they can't fucking pitch. Um, but obviously, they had Trout and Rendon hurt a lot this year. That that kills them. But they also just need to fucking sort out their pitching thing. Why is it so hard for them to get fucking pitching? It's in Southern California. Yeah, Steel Max Scherzer, weirdly, right? Weirdly, weirdly, it wasn't on Max Scherzer's. I knew you were so, SoCal list. Max Scherzer's. Only would only play in SoCal. He would only play in a National League SoCal team north of Redondo Beach, he said. Very specific. I know, was specific, but you know, he had a he had a geographic area that he wanted to play in. And it was Southern California. I feel like you're the number one. West of Riverside, north of Redondo, south of Santa Barbara. You're the number one Max Scherzer hater out there. I'm not even a Max. Again, I'm not even a Max Scherzer hater. I just, I hate the fucking, the, we just, we have this store. We have this tale of competitive fire. You know, it, it Andy, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to like bring up uh, like rival podcasts or whatever. Right. But if you were, if you were a sports comedian today, right, let's say you're not, Joe Prano of the Dirty Sports Podcast. If you're a random guy and you're like, I do sports and comedy, and you got and and you got an offer to work for Barstool Sports, it would be a dream. It would be a dream. It would be every young kid who does sports and comedy on the internet's dream to work for Barstool Sports. Sure. They have they have if, the bankroll. If I go to work for Barstool Sports, I'm a hack, liar, fucking fake, fraud. I've trashed him a thousand times. I think so. Don't stomp around being fucking maxi no chill and then be like, I only, I will only, I will exercise my no trade clause unless you send me the defending champs. Well, you're just a fraud liar. What if there was a, a lot of money on the table? It would make me a sellout, which is fine. 
That's fine. I don't, I don't, that's why Max Scherzer has a trade clause, a no trade clause. So he can pick where he goes. Just stop being like, I'll pitch on the seventh rung of hell. Cause I don't care. So I'm Max Scherzer. Will you pitch in Philly? Absolutely not. Will you pitch in New York? No. Will you pitch in Southern California? Yeah. San Diego? North. North of there. I'll pitch north of there. Will you pitch in San Francisco? Too cold. But I will pitch. I will pitch in a in in you know a, a pit of despair. I'll pitch. I'll chain me to Jabba the Hutt and I'll fucking pitch. You know, put me in Sarlacc's pit. I'll fucking pitch. I'll pitch out of a dumpster. Will you pitch in Philadelphia? Absolutely not. That's so ridiculous. I pitch at the bottom of the ocean. How about the White Sox? Fuck the White Sox. Well, Anaheim, that's Southern California. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we have a couple calls from the dirt balls. 310-359-8365. Let's get to them. Hey, Dirty Sports. This is your man, Adam, from Indiana. Uh, I was just wondering if you guys had seen the Malice at the Palace doc. Uh, I watched it recently, and uh, I grew up my entire life as a Pacers fan, so I have a lot of maybe biased opinions, but um, I felt like uh, the the uh, Pistons fans that were on there, I just felt like were giant douchebags, and then um, overall it just brought back a lot of memories and made me feel even worse for Jermaine O'Neal and uh, kind of made me like Steven Jackson even more and brought back some hard feelings that I had for our cast. And, uh, of course, made me hate the media and David Stern even more than I already did, which I didn't think was possible. And then, uh, of course, it obviously kind of forced Reggie into retirement, which uh, was, was terrible. And uh, that was probably the best Pacers team we ever had. So... Uh, overall, pretty terrible event for uh, you know from the eyes of a uh, of a Pacers fan. I don't want to know uh, where you guys would stand from a no, more uh, neutral point of view. So, let me know what you think. Get dirty, boy. Have you watched it, Andy? I have not. Everybody keeps telling me to watch. I gotta watch it. Let's watch it before Monday so we can talk about it. Okay. But let me just before we talk about it on Monday because I, I want. I think that would be awesome. I think this is a great call to inspire because I've wanted to watch it too. We can both get it on the schedule. We can watch it. We can discuss it. The one thing I will say is there's, I, and, and I'm, I follow a couple of people who are Indiana Pacers fans and whatever, like there's all this kind of de- anti Detroit sentiment that's coming out. It makes me hate the Pistons even more, that blah, 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 that the, this Pacers team, the defending Pistons, that's all well and good. Ronald Tess went into the crowd and attacked a fan. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? It's still lunacy. Well, it's lunacy. But is there a part of you, because I know there's a part of me that thoroughly enjoys some arrogant fan thinking he is 100% protected no doubt about it. Getting his ass kicked for throwing. no doubt about it. You threw a beer. You knew there was gonna, you thought I should say there was going to be no repercussions. Well, you thought wrong. And Ron Artest is a lunatic and he fucked you. No up. doubt about it. But the idea that 
this documentary explore like the malice at the palace is a term used to describe a fucking players versus fans brawl that happened during a basketball game. The Indiana Pacers are 100% responsible for that. Well, that's maybe, it. The, maybe the doc could change. No, some things. it doesn't because that's not the worst thing that's ever happened to a player. Ron Artest is in the NBA, plays for the Pacers. Bro, fucking listen to any NFL player's story about playing in Philly. Listen to any fucking black player's story about playing in fucking Fenway. That's what I was going to Like, it's a hundred percent. Like, we've been we've been watching sports for a hundred years. We have one full players versus fans brawl. It's 100% Ron Artest's fault. Now, do I love that he did it? Kind of. But it's the malice at the palace. The responsibility for the malice at the palace is 100% on Ron Artest's shoulders. He went to the fan stands and beat up a fan. It's only an hour. I've had a lot of people tell me I need to watch it. Yeah, let's watch it for Monday. Okay, cool. All right, we have a couple bet ideas. We're getting near that point. Great. Um, so I'll play them. Okay. Hey, guys. Eric from Lakewood, Colorado. Um, here's my submission for uh, if Andy loses the football bet this year. Uh, I'm seeing that Kings Island has a, uh, has a skyline chili in there. Um, and... Looks like on Saturdays they're open for about 12 hours. So my thought going along with like the Waffle House bet was um, for every you, you have to spend the whole day at Kings Island, open to close, and for every coney you eat paired with each coaster you ride. So you need to eat a coney and then go ride a coaster. That'll cut off 12 hours that they're open. That'll cut off a half hour. Ooh, I like this. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one for Joe yet. Um, I love this. <laughs> that's my suggestion. Uh, yeah, stay dirty, boys. This would be miserable. So so it's funny that he calls because every time I go there with my brothers or, yeah, because I'm always just going with my brothers, we always make that joke, Brano. We always say, who are these people eating sky because we would never right eating skyline, which is going to give you diarrhea and the shits and then go on a roller coaster. That's going 90 miles an hour. Who so, are these people? Let me ask you something. What um, is there like if you go to Kings Island, obviously you have a, a, a like a season pass or whatever. Yeah. Is there like a fast pass? Is there like a skip the line pass? Yes, that's you can buy that too. For the, the day. Yeah, you can buy for the day. Because the, the, the only issue with this is like you're there 12 hours. Could you even like, I don't even know if you could get on 12 coasters and in 12 hours, right? Like, isn't the line probably yeah. fucking depending on when I went. So I think we need 12 hours. Coney and a fucking coaster takes off half hour. Love this. Oh, love this. Do you know how much that would rattle? Like my, the, the only problem is I feel like you could just go and spend 12 hours at fucking Kings Island and not care that much. I will say the food and the coasters that does, that does, I have never eaten 
so I take this summer. I ate there for the first time, the last time I went, when we were done with the rides. And I didn't eat Skyline. Again, I've made that joke with my brothers every time I've gone there. I go, who is eating a, a cheese dog and going round and round and like upside down? Like You are. You are. This is the Cincinnati version of the Waffle House bet. I fucking love it. So we, we had another recommendation. Okay. From, uh, oh, these guys are going to kill me. From a podcast I just did. Front row seats. Is there a Reds podcast? No. Uh, oh, these guys are going to kill me. They're, they're dirt balls. Um, anyway, I keep forgetting their name, which makes me a terrible person. Okay. This, this was one they suggested to me on that show that I forgot to bring up. This is for both of us. We have to go to a, uh, what are they called? Trap rooms? Yeah. Okay. Uh, escape room? Escape room. That's it. Yeah. But I have to go stoned. Okay. Which would terrify me. <laughs> and I forget what the rule was for you. I think maybe you, maybe it might have been an Ikea thing again. I forget. You seem to like this Kings Island thing, though. I do. I just think it's like, we, we were talking about, oh, we don't want to steal you know, this other fucking things bet, which I agree, but like, this is, we've Cincinnati it up. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I can't really express, like, I know I, I, I forget the specifics of the Ikea deal, but I fucking hate Ikea. Like I have had, I've had full on panic attack at an Ikea. Like that's another, like, I'm just like, so then what if we did the same thing for you? If, you had to be in Ikea for 12 hours and anytime you ate Swedish meatballs. Yeah. Talk about diarrhea. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You eat Swedish meatballs, you bang off a half hour. God. Can you imagine if I vomited on a roller coaster and it would get all over everybody? Yeah. Be awesome. We should make you do it in a GoPro. And we should also make sure you have a fast pass so you can get right to the front of the line. Oh my god! I mean, these coasters, like I said, these some of these things go ninety miles an hour. I'm thinking of the ones like upside down. Imagine if I shit myself on a coaster. So a half. Imagine, hour imagine if I shit myself while sitting on a scarlet So a half hour off. Also, it, what if I can put together, what if I get a half hour off every time I put together a call? <laughs> well, I don't even think I should play the next call. I don't even know why the Ikea does that. Like, I just, uh, can we just call it like an Ottoman? I got to go in there and be like, yeah, sorry, I'm here to pick up a Rashmagen. Should I even play the next call? Sure. I mean, it's a bet, but I feel like. Because this one isn't nearly as good, but I'll play it. Cincinnati. Um, I just came up with a really good idea, I think, um, for Ruther's L-Chain slash Juggalo bet. Um, and this combines a couple of things that go on on the show. For the record, I think he doesn't know that I completed the 
juggalo bat. Right. But didn't we? Did, but didn't As we talk about? Knows, Kings Island has this thing called Fear Fest around. This is so fun. Everybody's going Kings Island. Yeah, because you love Kings Island. Didn't we talk about though? Wasn't there a talk recently about you completing the L chain portion of the bet by wearing it to like some gathering of the juggalos in Ohio or something like that? Didn't that come up recently? Maybe. Hold on. Let's hear this. Halloween time. So. Oh, so he's saying so Kings Island does a fear fest, which is true. I feel like it would be a very good thing instead of, you know, him going to a date with the L chain on or wearing the bun, wearing a whatever. I forget what it was, but wearing like a bunny costume or whatever. I think Ruther should show up as a juggalo to Fear Fest. And that way the bet is the bet's completely settled and Ruther makes a fool of himself. Well, let me know what you guys think. Say dirty boys. Well, again, that one, that by the way, that wouldn't even be bad for me. So I dressed as a juggalo to go to a Halloween thing, big deal. Um, I mean, no offense. Like that wouldn't, because obviously I still have to do, I'm fixing the, the L, L chain. chain. Is, I'm doing it this week. I mean, but the truth is, I'll be honest. Like you have the L chain on your whiteboard. Yeah. It's on my whiteboard. The, the truth it is for real. Where's the whiteboard to, these days? It's just in the hallway. The truth, the truth is, the truth is that's not, not even gonna be that bad for me. I'll just be honest. What, I'm the here. L chain or the, the, the L chain? Cause I'm here all the fucking time. Right. So I got to wear the oh, L chain. Wait, so, you, so you're doing the L chain for two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks. But big deal. So I got to wear it to fucking the gym. Yeah. I got I to gotta wear it. I'm not wearing it in the pool for the record. I'm not wearing it no, in the pool. No, it's asking you to wear it in the pool. Okay. But you have to wear it to the pool. That's what I'm saying. But big deal. So I wear it when I go to Costco or but Trader don't Joe's. You fucking dare. I'm going to have somebody. I'm. Uh, we're going to have a quality control check. I'm going to have a fucking dirt ball from Cincinnati show up to your fucking house and knock on the door. You better answer wearing a fucking L chain. No, I'll have it. And I'll have it when I cut the grass and I do it like, like I'll make sure I'll have, I'll have documentation. And I'll even, if I go to Kings Island the next two weeks and I'm hoping to. J hoping- Lloyd, D- get in my DMs. We got, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay you for, for status checks. I'm a man of my word. Mostly. <laughs> By the way, Eddie, Eddie texted me yesterday. Eddie goes, what did you get on your SAT again? I go, are you talking about like when I was in high school? He goes like, no, the triple E bet. I wonder if he had something going on. And I told him, he's like, I get a zero on the math. I got a nine. I had to look it up. I got a 950. On the math. Total. <laughs> right. Total. It's only 1600. Yeah. 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 I got a. I had a 440 in math and only a 510 in evidence-based reading writing. That's wild. All right. Well, you know, I'll complete that one here in the next two weeks before the season starts. And you then, let me know when you get started. I will. I'll start it probably. Hopefully, when I start Monday on the show. Great. And you, you did give me two days off if I wore it to Kings Island. Yeah. So... So if you were at Kings Island. <laughs> yeah. Two days off. And, and and I can agree to that bet for next football season. If it sounds like we're coming to a conclusion, we're you're com- we're getting we're getting close. Let's put let's let's get this, let's get this L chain bet going, and then we'll, you know, get documentation going on the other bet. Okay. So you have yeah, like your other bet again. It seems like we're coming to a conclusion though, as far as IKEA for you. Sure. I mean, because you want me to shit my pants riding a roller coaster at Kings Island and you want me to potentially fucking 
kill myself inside of a fucking Swedish furniture store. Hang myself with the Stassengarst. Which is hanging, which is a hanging light. That okay, they... I did, I didn't know. Thanks yeah. for clarifying. All right, well, those are the calls: three one zero three five nine eight three six five. I feel like we're we, we've moved the needle. This is good. This is good. So give us a shout. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at the Dirty Sports. Follow me at Andy Ruther on everything. Follow me to New Orleans on October first and second at Comedy House New Orleans. The Ticket link is now in my Instagram bio. I tweeted it. I retweeted it on Dirty Sports yesterday. It's in my TikTok bio. It's on all my social media. So if you poke around on my social media enough, get your tickets for a great weekend of comedy, headlining comedy in New Orleans. Uh, get the tickets soon because it is actually a really small room, um, but really, supposedly amazing. Uh, a weekend of comedy and Giants football. I'm also on social media at Joe Prano everywhere except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. I've got some shows coming up in L.A., a bunch of West Side shows, uh, the improv, whatever. So if you're in L.A., dirtball, get on my website, JoePrano.com. Keep drinking your Miller Lights. Keep sending me pictures of it and uh, have a great weekend. Cool. All right, guys, that is our uh, our show. Hopefully I'm wearing the L chain on Monday when we come back. Let's go. Uh, make that make that happen this weekend. Have a uh, great few days. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay dirty.